This right here could be the biggest moment of his career. Is it his time? Noah Watson is wearing a green jacket at Augusta. There's no doubt about it. The bear has come out of hibernation. All right, here we go on the Golf Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Will Doctor. Let's get you all the picks and predictions you need ahead of the 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. And we'll start by putting a bow on last week's action at the Renaissance Club. What a finish at the Scottish Open as Rory McIlroy won his second event of the wraparound season. You know, the chances of McIlroy birding 17 and 18 to clip Robert McIntyre uh, by one was slim to none. He executed uh, one of the best shots of his life with that two iron from 205 out on 18, called the best shot of the year. And, you know, he he got the job done with the putter down the stretch, which is something McElroy struggled with in his five previous starts. And it was his first uh, title in Scotland, which is obviously a huge box to check off if you're McElroy in the sense that you don't want to be one of the greatest players of all time and not win in the country where the game began. Now, if you listened last week, you know our two winners for the Scottish were Tyrell Hatton at 20 to 1 and Robert McIntyre at 100 to 1 odds. And the fact is, when Rory made the turn at two over, Tyrell Hatton and Robert McIntyre were one and two on the leaderboard because. Hatton shot four under on the front nine in the early easy conditions, and Rob Mack was four under through 10 holes. Now, Hatton croaked out on the back nine fairly quickly. He bogeyed both par fives on the back nine and then doubled 18. So he was out of the picture fairly quickly after making the turn. And Robert McIntyre, on the other hand, played the back nine nearly perfect enough to beat Rory except for the bogey on the par 5 16th. That can't happen. You can't bogey par 5s down the stretch. Uh, Robert McIntyre did that on the 16th, but he did make up for it uh, by making only the second birdie of the day on the 18th hole. He was out in left field off the tee on 18, then absolutely skewered a three-wood from about 213 out, dead into the fan. He stuffed it in there and made the putt. Uh, to post as the clubhouse leader at 14 under temporarily. Now, at that point, Rory had three holes left to make two birdies. Similar to Brendan Todd's deficit to Sepp Straka with with three to go two weeks ago at the John Deere Classic, except Rory McIlroy is obviously a much different beast than Brendan Todd. There was a situation there to live bet Rory as he was standing on 16. But with how tough 17 and 18 were playing and with how shaky Rory has been down the stretch of his last four events, I laid off and rode with Rob Mack. I knew Rory could birdie 16, but I didn't think he had a shot at doing so on 17 and 18 with how tough they were playing. Only 6% of the field had birdied 17 at the Renaissance Club, and only two guys uh, had birdied 18 on Sunday, uh, at least up until Rory got there. So we rode with Robert McIntyre, and after Rory missed a seven-foot birdie putt on 16, I thought that Robert McIntyre at 100-1 to was in the clear. When you look at Rory's last few events, 
before the Scottish. He had not finished the job in the big moment as a result of poor iron play. I knew he would need two of the best long iron shots of his life uh, with 17 and 18 playing dead into the fan. I did not think Rory could get it done, but man, did he prove me wrong? He put a six iron inside 10 feet on 17, made the putt to get with to get within one and 18. Uh, you know, hats off to Rory for absolutely everything that he did on the 72nd hole on Sunday. He roasts a drive through that wind to about 205 out down the middle of the fairway. And then he sticks a cut two iron to about 10 feet and buries the putt uh, to beat Robert McIntyre by one. Robert McIntyre made the second birdie of the day on 18. Rory McIlroy made the third. Now, even though Hatton had a miserable back nine, we still hit the Hatton top 20 plus 110 best bet. But overall, the Scottish was a losing week. We only hit one of three matchups, which was Hatton over Hovland. Adam Scott shockingly missed the cut, and Sam Burns played beautifully, took down Scott in that matchup, which is probably my coldest take of the week. I, I I was telling you that Sam Burns wasn't going to do jack around the Renaissance Club. And third on the matchups, I was shocked to see Ricky Fowler lose ground on the weekend and end up losing to Victor Hovland by two shots in that matchup. So that was a weekend disappointment there with Ricky Fowler losing some ground. And then as far as the picks to place, we had Xander top 20 and we had Alexander Bjork top 20. Both of them made the cut but failed to get anything going on the weekend. So obviously... That could have looked a lot different had Rob Mack and Tyrell Hatton got the job done, either one of them. But the bottom line is we have a lot of work to do. And when the winners don't get the job done, my matchups have to step up to the plate. All right, let's get rolling on this Open Championship preview. I'm fired up for Royal Liverpool hosting this championship for the 13th time in the club's illustrious history. You know, St. Andrews, which hosted last year's Open, is the official home of golf. But when you think about which course introduced amateur competition before there was any money in golf, when you talk about the golf course that first hosted amateur events that are still around today, it is Royal Liverpool. Liverpool hosted the, the first Walker Cup, which is the amateur uh, Ryder Cup between America and Great Britain and Ireland. Today, only the top college players and international amateurs get invited to compete in the Walker Cup. And Liverpool is also the first course to host the Amateur Championship, which is Europe's version of the U.S. Amateur, both of which uh, used to be considered major championships, the, the Amateur and the U.S. Amateur. Now, today, if you win the Amateur, you're invited to the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the British Open. Christo Lamprech, the South African out of Georgia Tech, won this year's amateur and will compete in the Open this week. But I digress. My point was, you know, the the deep history of Liverpool is the fact that two of the great the two of the game's greatest amateur competitions uh, began here in Hoylake at Liverpool. And when you look at the winners that. Liverpool has produced in its history of hosting the Open. Uh, it's really brought out the best. 1930, Bobby Jones wins the Open at Liverpool en route to winning the Grand Slam that year in 1930. Obviously, the Grand Slam looks a lot different today. Back then, 
the Grand Slam was winning the Open, winning the U.S. Open, winning the Amateur, and winning the U.S. Amateur all in the same calendar year, which Jones accomplished in 1930. He was the best player in golf that year. Next was 1956. The famed Aussie Peter Thompson won his third of five Open Championships at Royal Liverpool. Obviously a hell of a Lynx player the Aussie Thompson was. Um, you know, to say that he was the best golfer in the world that year, maybe a bit of an, uh, of an overstatement, but for him to win his, uh, third of five opens at Liverpool, um, obviously means that, uh, the best links player that week was brought to the table and took home the trophy. That was 56 and Peter Thompson, 1967 was Roberto Di Vincenzo. He had won seven times internationally leading into that Open in 1967. Uh, he would win the Open that year. Uh, he was the first Argentine to win a major championship. DiVincenzo would go on to lose the Masters in the spring of 68 to Bob Gobi after DiVincenzo signed the wrong scorecard in the final round. My point was DiVincenzo, 1967-1968, probably the best player in the world at that point. Liverpool didn't host another open championship until 2006 where Tiger Woods won uh, by pulling out driver out of his bag only once that week. Uh, and you look at the year he had in 2006, he had won eight times in 15 starts. Uh, so he was the hottest player in golf in 2006, Tiger Woods. And then Liverpool last hosted the open in 2014 where Rory McIlroy was victorious he won four times that year and followed up his Open uh, with a victory at the PGA Championship the very next month. And he ended 2014 um, as world number one, as did Tiger in 2006. So my point in that little history review of the Open at Liverpool, you look at each time this course has hosted uh, the Open um, and the best player in the world that year has come to the table, maybe with the exception of Peter Thompson in 1956. And this is a golf course that won't look all that different to the human eye compared to 2014. Uh, Martin Ebert and Donald Steele were brought in here by Liverpool in preparation for this Open to add a few bunker, bunkers and uh, lengthen a couple holes to adapt to the modern long ball and additionally, they built a new par 317th hole, which only plays 136 yards, but is going to be key to some of the theatrics down the stretch at Liverpool. Obviously, it's only 136, but if you miss the green, you end up in a series of one of five bunkers uh, that is nearly impossible to get up and down from. So 17, going to be a lot of theatrics on that hole. Ebert and and Steele also added a few more sandy areas and dunes um, on holes 13 and 14. But other than that, uh, you're on, you aren't going to see a world of difference to this golf course compared to 2014. Liverpool's difficulty is all based upon the exposed winds as this course sits right off the coast of the Irish Sea. Weather forecasts in this part of the world are useless for the most part as the weather can change. Uh, in a matter of 15 minutes at any point in the day. You know, if you want to know what the forecast says, it showers every day from now until Sunday. So I am going into this open with the idea uh, that the weather could be horrid all week long. And I'll be passing on any players uh, who have the slightest bit of struggle with the putter and around the greens. Remember, 
the toughest part of Lynx golf when the wind gets up is putting and chipping. The chipping uh, will matter this week due to the deep collection areas that the ball will funnel down around the greens at Royal Liverpool. And number two, um, I'm not all that interested um, in some of these shorter hitters in the field. Uh, Royal Liverpool is playing extremely soft this week because of the uh, precipitation that the course has gotten over the last two weeks. Uh, All of these players in the field, for the most part, will try to lay up short of the pot bunkers off the tee. And if you're one of these shorter hitters and you're hitting two iron off the tee, you're going to have five iron into these greens all day long. Uh, and and for what I think the winning number is going to be, 18 under par, you're not going to be able to come in here with long irons um, around Royal Liverpool. So number two, I'm out on the majority of the shorter hitters this week. Now, last year at St. Andrews, Cam Smith uh, started the final round four back of Rory and Victor Hovland. He shot 30 on the inward nine, which was the lowest closing nine in open history. Uh, when you look at Cam Smith's chances this year, I'm going to talk about him today. Only four golfers have defended their title in the history of the Open. Tom Watson did it in 83. Peter Thompson did it in 56. Arnold Palmer did it in 62. And Lee Trevino did it in 72. Um, you know, obviously, Cam Smith dreaming of doing the same. Uh, we'll talk about his chances today. I don't think he's going to win, but I do have a ticket placed on Cam Smith, defending champion uh, this week. Now, the order of play today will be discussing the top nine favorites on the odds boards. Then I'll give you five head-to-head matchups, and I'll give you one pick to place. Then we will do our uh, four outright winners for this week. I'll give you a sleeper, uh, and we will wrap things up with a lineup, a scoring prediction, And then we'll close up shop with a best bet for the Open and the Barracuda Championship, which is the opposite field event going on this week in Lake Tahoe. All right, let's get it started. All right, let's get started with the favorites. We begin with Rory McIlroy at plus 750 on DraftKings. And the major key of improvement that no one is going to talk about about with Rory at the Scottish Open was the fact that he played the par fives at 12 under par for the week. Uh, Taking care of the par fives is a requirement to winning PGA Tour events, and Rory prior to the Scottish was not sharp in that category. His par five performance hurt him at Jack's place. His par five performance hurt him at the U.S. Open, and his par five performance hurt him at the Travelers. Rory finished top 10 in all three of those events, but couldn't finish the job due to poor course management and missing greens from 100 yards and in. But the good news for Rory is he conquered those demons at the Renaissance Club where he played flawlessly down the stretch of what turned into his 24th victory on the PGA Tour. And as far as how to bet Rory this week, the time to bet him to win the Open uh, was obviously six months ago. I did not buy a futures ticket on him for uh, Liverpool during our Futures Christmas podcast. So I will not have a ticket on him to win this week. If you absolutely have to bet on Rory this week, I don't hate Rory to finish atop the European leaderboard at plus 300 on DraftKings. 
Uh, you know, that's a bet. I don't mind if you're a Rory Stan, uh, but I am out on Rory this week. A quick note on Rory. I was out on Saturday afternoon catching up with the boys over a couple beers, and it's very interesting to get the average sports fan's take on how Rory has performed over the last five years. If you asked Don at the dive on his opinion of Rory McIlroy, Don would tell you that Rory has not done jack in the last eight years. And that is a total lie. Don't buy into that. Obviously, I haven't even said it today. I think you guys know. I said it in the intro. He won the 2014 Open at this golf course. Um, And you have to understand, since 2014, since he won his last two majors, Rory has won three tour championships, one players, and 15 other PGA Tour events. Just because he has not won a major in nine years doesn't mean he's fallen off the planet. Uh, That feels even half crazy to explain, um, especially after he just won last week. But I had to make that point because there's a ton of Joes out there who absolutely have zero clue on what's going on with Rory. We move along to Scotty Scheffler at plus 800 on MGM and bet online. Um, and I'm out on world number one this week due to his putting. Uh, Brad Faxton on Golf Channel reported yesterday that, you know, uh, Scotty Scheffler is looking like 10 cup uh, coming out of the RV with the uh, with the mirror and the gate and, you know, all these swing tools. Uh, Scotty Scheffler has him out there on the practice green. And Faxton said Scheffler looks like someone who is searching. So uh, Scotty Scheffler will tell you that he is not concerned with his putting right now. And the only thing I can tell you is what the stats say. Scotty Scheffler's lost shots on the greens in three of his last five starts. I understand that he's going for his 19th straight top 15 finish, which would tie Tiger Woods for the all-time record of most consecutive tournaments finishing in the top 15. Tiger did that between the 2000 Open and 2001 U.S. Open. Um, and Scotty's streak has been going on since Mayakoba back in the fall. But you know, what are you going to do? What are you you're going to bet him at minus 300 to top 20 when we know that he's not even putting well enough to get himself in the top five? You can't do that. I'm out on Scotty Scheffler this week. We moved to John Rahm at 14 to one on Bovada. Uh, and world number three in the FedEx Cup leader has not played uh, since he missed the cut at the Travelers. And when I talk about how some of the best players of their generation won the Open at Liverpool, Jones, Thompson, DiVincenzo, Woods, McElroy, um, you know, that's the conversation that you would think John Rahm is is um, is heading towards. I mean, he's won four times on tour this year. Uh, if he was putting and chipping half decent uh, over his last three events, I would tell you this is going to be the winner for this week. But I think um, he has – no, no, I don't think. I know he has been struggling um, around the greens with the chipping. And I've told you that creativity around the greens – is going to be essential this week. And I get that in the last three years, John Rahm has played very well at open championships, but I think uh, missing greens is inevitable this week. And I'm not confident that Rahm is sharp enough with the wedges at this moment in time. I am out on John Rahm this week. 
Um, I saw Rom. I saw Rom give a comment on the possibility of a just stop oil protest at the Open Championship. I guess officials are worried that Liverpool is a perfect venue for the uh, just stop oil people to come out and act like you know total freaks. You know they did it at Wimbledon last week. Uh, you see it at. Uh, museums all over the UK, you know, they 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 think that paintings are a a waste of oil. I guess you might see it at the open this week, but officials have told players to not get in any type of physical altercation with these protesters. And Rom was asked about this on Tuesday afternoon, and he warned protesters that you don't want to catch him on a bad hole. Now, that's probably music to these protesters ears because they know exactly who to target to get a reaction. I guess you have off the top of my head, obviously Rom, I wouldn't get in the way of Patrick Reed. You know, everyone would say Tyrrell Hatton, but Tyrrell Hatton's really just his toughest critic. He doesn't get mad at anyone else, but the bottom line is we don't need this for, for Rom. Although I would pay money to see him get fired up and go full JJ Watts sack mode on someone. One of these protesters, we know that Rom can get fired up in any given moment of a round. And number two to this little uh, potential just stop oil protest. Number two, and more importantly, you think these golfers, I'm sorry, you think these protesters would see that the entire, entire oil business just bought golf. You think that with where pro golf is at the moment with the Saudis and the oil business just completely taking over the show that protesting a golf tournament is the very last place on this earth where any sort of difference is going to be made. But apparently they have no clue. The PGA tour doesn't care about this protest. The Saudis sure as hell don't care about this protest and the European tour doesn't care about this protest. It's all just a mess uh, but the bottom line is if Rom lays out a protester after one of them gets in his way after a double bogey, that is 100% making Sports Center top 10. We move to Cam Smith at 16 to 1 on FanDuel, DraftKings, Bavada, and MGM. And finally, we're at one of these favorites that I actually like. Cam Smith's game is peaking just in time to defend his title at the Open Championship. He is coming off a win in his last start at Live London and has finished top 10 at the uh, last two majors in the PGA and the U.S. Open. Uh, when you talk to Smith, he says he feels even better about certain aspects of his game compared to last year when uh, he won his first major at St. Andrews. And what you know you're going to get from Cam Smith is a lot of, number one, consistency around the greens. And number two, he's always going to keep his head on straight amidst brutal weather conditions across the pond. I will have Cam Smith to top 10 at plus 200 on DraftKings, and that'll be my first pick to place of the week, which we'll talk a little bit more about later on. For now, we're on to Brooks Kepka at 20 to 1 on Bet365, FanDuel, Bovada, or MGM. And Kepka has obviously had a near flawless record in major championships this year, second at the Masters. He won the PGA at Oak Hills, his fifth major, and then he finished 17th at the U.S. Open. Other than that, he has performed uh, exceptionally well on Live this year. But the only problem for Brooks this week is that the winning score is 
definitely going to be somewhere between 15 under and 22 under, depending on the weather conditions. And we know Brooks Kepka doesn't like shootouts. When you look at the last two editions of the Open at Liverpool, Tiger won in 2006 with 18 under par. And in 2014, Rory won it with 17 under par. I just don't believe this is the right setup for Kepka. A ton of blind shots as well around Liverpool, which he hates. And this morning, we found out that Brooks would play the opening rounds with the two slowest players on tour and Patrick Cantlay and Hideki Matsuyama. So you know that's really going to piss off Kepka. So I'm out on Kepka this week. Not at Liverpool, Brooks. Not this week. Okay, on to Victor Hovland at 22 to 1 on FanDuel, DraftKings, and Bovada. And Hovland is another favorite I am out on this week for a couple reasons. Um, all primarily due uh, to his performance on and around the greens as of late. Number one, uh, he's lost shots on the greens in his last two events, including last week at the Scottish Open. And number two, I know we've talked about how much Victor has improved around the greens, uh, but I don't think he has the creativity and the confidence in his short game to manage the type of shots he'll face around Liverpool, specifically around the greens. You know, Hovland, he is striking it plenty good. You saw that at the Memorial last month where he recorded his uh, fourth win on the PGA Tour. But as Jordan Spieth said this week, when you miss a green around Liverpool, there are three to four different shots you could play around every green. And you have to have the commitment and you have to have the confidence to pick to 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 pick the correct shot to get up and down. And I just don't think uh, Hovland has that type of confidence in his short game to manage Liverpool. On to Ricky Fowler at 22 to 1. On And if you weren't clear, uh, I'm out on Victor Hovland this week. On to Ricky Fowler at 22 to 1 on Bet365, uh, FanDuel, DraftKings, Bavada, and MGM. Now, as much as I like Ricky this week, it was not easy to find a great way to play him. I found a great matchup, and it's against the very next player on our favorites list, which is Tommy Fleetwood, who opened at 25-1 to on Bovada. We still have Cantlay to discuss in the favorites, but let's go ahead and talk about Ricky Fowler over, over Tommy Fleetwood at even money on DraftKings. Starting with Rick, we love Ricky this week as he won a few weeks ago in Detroit. And he finished second at Royal Liverpool in 2014. And we love the fact that when he is on his game, which he is, Ricky Fowler is rock solid on Lynx golf. Stats-wise, he displays everything we want to see in a player heading into Hoylake. He's top 10 in iron play and chipping on the PGA Tour, and he's been rolling the rock lights out over his last five events. Ricky was in contention uh, through two rounds last week at the Scottish Open. Uh, before he slowed down the weekend en route to a 42nd place finish. But like I said, he returns to a place in Roy Liverpool where he was the only challenger to Rory McIlroy in 2014. And on the other side of this matchup is Tommy Fleetwood, who opened at 25 to 1 and is a beloved hometown favorite this week. Everyone and their mothers wants to tell you this. Oh, Tommy, his caddy is from Hoylake. Who cares? And, you know, that's all great. But the fact is, we've seen this movie before. Back in 2014, 
everyone was, you know, drooling over the fact that Tommy Fleetwood has immense familiarity with Royal Liverpool. He ended up missing the cut and packing his bags on Friday. Uh, Say what you want about how well Fleetwood played at the Scottish, but the fact is his iron play and his short game has been inconsistent over his last several starts. I know that's tough to believe considering you know he's had such a great spring on the PGA Tour, but when you dive into the weakness in Fleetwood's game this year, uh, they are the exact weaknesses that uh, Royal Liverpool will expose this week. So uh, first match for the week, it's going to be Ricky Fowler over Tommy Fleetwood at even money um, on DraftKings. We'll get back to the matchups um, after I give you a feel on the final favorite on the odds list, which is Patrick Cantlay at 28 to 1 on Bet365 and Bovada. I am not on Cantlay this week. Um, it isn't, you know, a horrible week to take him as he's the only player to finish top 15. Uh, and each of his last five major starts, but that's a little skewed uh, because uh, as reported by Justin Ray on Twitter, all of these top 15 finishes for Cantlay have been backdoor. Patrick Cantlay has never been closer than five shots off the lead heading into the final round of the major. So, uh, you know, he's had slow starts to majors and there will be absolutely no room for a slow start or a couple of off rounds at Liverpool, even with the wind off the Irish sea, the course uh, is wet and soft. So players will be going low regardless. And Patrick Canley is still a player who has had a tough time putting four rounds together on the big stage. Plus his performance around the greens last week at the Scottish open was very concerning. He putted and chipped horribly in route to a miscut at the Renaissance club. So I am out on Patrick Hanley this week. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much, maybe have that glass of wine or that beer, you're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick 6? You're not going against another player or players. 
you're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. All right, on to the matchups. And, you know, call me insane, but I have five amazing head-to-heads for you this week. I gave you number one moments ago, which was Ricky Fowler over Tommy Fleetwood, even money on DraftKings. Next will be Keegan Bradley over Sung JM at minus 105 on Bet Online, And you know, no one, no one is talking about how Keegan Bradley finished 19th at the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in 2014. He has two other top 20 finishes at open championships on his career resume. And the way Keegan has reinvented himself on the PGA tour at 37 years old, can't be talked about enough. He's, you know, he's changed his diet, he's changed his workout routine. And most importantly, he's turned his putting uh, from a weakness into a strength. And that's been on full display all year as he's, uh, one of only five multi-time winners on the PGA tour this season. And as of late for Keegan rolling into the open, he's playing exactly how he wants. He won the travelers two starts ago and then closed up his open preparation with the top 25 finish in Detroit. Uh, So that's Keegan. And on the losing side of this matchup will be Sung JM and uh, I'm confident he will be on the losing end of this bet for a number of reasons. Number one, ever since Sung Jae chose to go win the Korean PGA Championship right smack dab in the middle of the PGA Tour season, he has played the worst golf we've seen Sung Jae play in three years. After his win at the Korean PGA in mid-May, he's only recorded one top 25 finish in seven starts. That's number one. And number two... Sung JM continues to be deplorable when it comes to Lynx golf. He missed the cut last week at the Scottish Open, where his short game was among the worst in the field. And when you look at his overall record on Lynx golf, uh, you'll probably look to fade him in a few other matchups as well. Just look at the data. In two starts at the Open, Sung Jae has never finished better than 81st. So due to the fact that Sungjae isn't in form right now, and due to the fact that Sungjae has you know a, a long list of past struggles on Lynx Golf, matchup number two will be Keegan Bradley over Sungjae M at minus one hundred five on Bet Online. All right, our third matchup will be Bryson DeChambeau, the live guy, over Hideki Matsuyama at plus one hundred five on Bet Online now. Hideki's record on Lynx golf, not as bad as Sungjae, but it has been terrible since 2016. Hideki has only finished better than 68th once in his last five open championships. That is shocking uh, considering all of the worldwide success Hideki has had over the last decade, but it is, it's the fact of the matter. 
he isn't very good across the pond. And and when you look at the disappointing year that Hideki has had, uh, the answer to why is in two stats. He's 120th in total driving, and he's 112th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. If you cannot put yourself in position off the tee, and if you cannot make putts, it is nearly impossible to ever get into contention. And because of that, we'll fade Hideki with Bryson DeChambeau this week. Obviously, DeChambeau, um, a player that people either you choose to either love or hate the guy, but there are so many reasons to love him uh, in Hoylake this week, beginning with the way he's played at the last two majors. DeChambeau finished fourth at the PGA, and he finished 20th at the U.S. Open. Uh, and there at LACC, he was right there through three rounds at the U.S. Open before his putting let him down. Uh, but but respectable finish there for DeChambeau at LACC, considering how the last year has gone for him. And on top of the majors, DeChambeau has finished top 10 in three of his last four live events. And I, I believe that the good play for DeChambeau has been a result of him slimming down to his 2017 weight and trying to get his swing back in the place it was in college when his golf was the most consistent. And, and I think that DeChambeau is on a path to returning to the top 10 in the world once this PGA Tour PIF mess gets figured out. So uh, this week, I'm on Bryson DeChambeau over Hideki Matsuyama at plus 105 on Bet Online. That is matchup number three. Matchup number four will be Robert McIntyre over Minwoo Lee at plus 106 on Bet Online. And, you know, a lot of people are asking me, Will, are, are you back on Robert McIntyre to win this week? Do you think the, the Scott can get it done a week after breaking your heart and finishing second at the Scottish Open? The answer is no. Robert McIntyre has some work to do off the tee before he has a real shot to win a major championship. He has a uh, a big, big miss left off the tee that needs to get cleaned up. I think he will absolutely get there, but does it happen this week? I wouldn't bet on it. Now, do I think Robert McIntyre has the guts and do I think he has the chutzpah to have a great week at Royal Liverpool and find himself in contention over the weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a big cat who comes in here off back-to-back top five finishes. He had excellent opportunities to win both the Maiden Himmerland tournament and the Scottish Open. And well, listen, 99.9% of the time, Robert McIntyre is going to win the Scottish Open last week. There's no one else on this planet who could close at the Renaissance Club 17 and 18 into the wind with two birdies except for Rory McIlroy. But regardless, Robert McIntyre has had two stellar weeks going into the Open. And while Robert McIntyre hasn't been in the final group on Sunday of a major, he already has an incredible record in major championships. He's recorded two top 25s at Augusta, which has no relevance for this week, but I wanted to let you know anyways. And as far as this week is concerned, he has two top tens in three career starts at the open championship. It doesn't get that much better than that. Besides a win, of course, uh, for Robert McIntyre. I don't think he's there yet, as I said, 
But wow, early on in his career, putting together a hell of a resume at major championships. And on the losing end of this matchup will be Minwoo Lee. You know, everyone wants to to drool and fawn over Minwoo Lee's stinger that you think would be so beneficial this week at Hoylake. But the fact of the matter is, this is not a baked out golf course that we saw Tiger win at in 2006. Royal Liverpool is as lush as it's ever been due to the moisture over the last several weeks. You know, the rough and the fescue are, are it's thick and it's healthy. And to me, that means Min Woo's only weapon has unfortunately been taken out of his bag. And here's why. Here's what I mean by this. This can get a little confusing here. If Liverpool was playing firm and if it was burnout, Min Woo could take that piercing two iron or three wood, hit every fairway, and probably have a shot at contending. But since it's wet, the ball isn't going to roll out as far, and Minwoo Lee will be forced to pull out his driver on nearly every hole. And what is Minwoo not good at? What's he not good at? He's 144th on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. Okay, the issues arise for Minwoo when he is forced to pull driver out of the bag. That's number one. Number two is the fact that you don't know how this guy is going to hit his irons when he shows up to a tournament, which is why his results are so fluky and inconsistent. In 11 events heading into the uh, heading into the Open, Minwoo Lee has hit his irons terrible in eight of them. So the combination of Minwoo's struggles with the driver and with the irons make him a perfect fade candidate that we can put up against Robert McIntyre this week. So for matchup number four, it's going to be Robert McIntyre over Minwoo Lee at plus 106 on Bet Online. So that'll do it for the matchups. I will have one more head to head coming your way as the Open Championship best bet. I've already given you uh, my one pick to place for the week, which is going to be Cam Smith, the top 10 at plus 200 on DraftKings. I'll give you one more pick to place in the sleepers. But for now, let's move along to my four winners for the week. All right, guys, a break from the golf to tell you about what we have going on over at pregame.com. Listen, go to pregame.com, click on buy picks, choose your favorite handicapper to buy picks from, and then use my coupon code Rory20. That is Rory20 for 20% off anything uh, for listeners of this golf podcast only. Remember, uh, use my code for 20% off all picks on pregame.com. Once again, the code is Rory20. That is Rory to zero. Okay, back to the golf. All right, let's do the winners. I will I will uh, discuss the two futures bets I have, uh, one from December and one from last week. And then I have two additional winners that I've booked, so I'll give you those. It'll be four winners in total this week, the most I've done in quite a while, so let's get cooking. Number one is going to be Xander Schauffele, which I gave out back in December at 20 to 1. You can get him right now at 30 to 1 on Bovada. And you know the jingle on Xander if you've been listening all year. He's recorded top 20s at every major championship this season. Xander has has proven over the last five years that he is exceptional 
when it comes to performing on Lynx golf courses. Three top 20s and five starts at the Open, including finishing second by two shots in 2018 at Carnoustie. Remember, Xander had Carnoustie in the bag through 54 holes and completely threw up all over himself on Sunday with a three-over round. Regardless, I still love the fact that he gives himself a chance to win at the Open almost every year. Now, if I had one bone to pick over his last five events, I would like to see those chipping numbers improve this week. Typically, he's Mr. Steady Eddie when it comes to the up and down percentages and just overall consistency in a short game. That has not been the case uh, over his last five starts. 82nd right now in strokes gained around the greens. That will have to improve this week if he's going to win. So winner number one is going to be uh, Xander Schauffele at 30 to one on Bovada. You can get that right now. I gave out 20 to one on bet online in December. Uh, that value has depreciated. You can now get it at 30 to one um, on bet, or I'm sorry, on Bovada. Uh, futures number two is going to be Patrick Reed at 90 to one on FanDuel. This was given out last week prior to the Scottish Open, and Patrick Reed is a man who is out for blood right now. He is back in form after a couple years of struggling with this game. He has flown under the radar all year long due to the fact that no one, no one watches live golf. But look at the work that the 2018 Masters champion has done this year on the rival tour. Five top five finishes over his last eight starts on live. That is very, very solid. And how about, how Patrick Reed has fared in major championships this year, fourth at the Masters and 18th at the PGA Championship. Now, as far as Open Championships are concerned, Reed has been hit or miss over the years. The important thing is we know he can contend on Lynx golf courses. We saw that back in 2019 when P. Reed finished 10th at Royal Port Rush, and the final reason I like Patrick Reed this week is due to what. I first pointed out about him in the fact that he is out for blood at the open this week. Number one, his five-year master's exemption runs out after this year. So unless he finishes top 10 this week, he will not yet have a spot in the 2024 open championship. And number two, you just know Patrick Reed wants to be a part of that American Ryder cup team come September in Rome. You know, that he wants a repeat of that showdown with Rory McIlroy from the 2016 Ryder Cup after all that has gone down this year. Remember their little their little spat at that European tour event where Reed tried to come up and talk to Rory. Rory wanted nothing to do, do with it. You know Reed wants a chance at McIlroy come Rome in September. This will be Reed's last chance to make that American Ryder Cup team. So winner number two, is going to be Patrick Reed at 90 to 1 on FanDuel. Winner number three is going to be Tyrrell Hatton at 28 to 1 on Bovada, guy that we did have last week. Two top tens and three starts heading into the open. His 2023 stats are immaculate across the board 10th in driving, 14th in approach, and sixth in putting on the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, this year, uh, you know, Hatton returns to Royal Liverpool, a course where uh, he, he played in the Brazabon trophy a few weeks before his open debut in 2010. 
the the Brazabon was played at Royal Liverpool that year and hadn't finished second. So he has phenomenal course history at Royal Liverpool. And remember, Hatton will look to become the first Englishman to win the Open since Tony Jacklin did it in 1969 at St. Anne's. Um, I think he is a another excellent winning option this week. Uh, he has proved he can do it at the big moment, as we saw a couple of years ago at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, so winner number three is going to be Tyrrell Hatton at 28-1 to 1 on Bovada. Winner number four, and finally for the outrights, this is going to shock a lot of people. It's going to be Tony Finau at 70 to 1 on Bovada. Now, Tony Finau is a sleeper winner this week. No one is talking about the two time 2023 wraparound season PGA Tour winner this week. And the reason is, is because Tony Finau hasn't done a damn thing over his last six events since winning the Mexico Open. And it has nothing to do with his ball striking and everything to do with his putting. Let me explain. Over Tony's last six events, he putted horribly in all but his most recent start at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. And when Tony starts putting bad, people get scared and everyone tends to forget about him. Like I said, his ball striking right now is just as good as, as it was when he was winning earlier this season. And the reason I am not concerned about Tony's putting this week is because he has proven over the last eight years that he puts much better on Lynx golf courses than U.S. Open golf courses. Let's look at these results with the putting at Tony's last five opens. Number one, he finished 18th at the 2016 Open where he putted great. Number two, he finished ninth at the 2017 Open where he putted great. Number three, he finished third at the 2019 Open where he putted great. Number four, he finished 15th at the 2021 Open where he putted excellent. And 28th last year at St. Andrews where he was also positive in, in the strokes gain putting column. So, um, you know, people are way too invested with how Tony has putted in America lately and not nearly invested enough with number one, how good his open championship resume is. And number two, the fact that he now knows how to win on the big stage. Uh, you know, as we've seen over the last calendar year, Tony has, has won quite a bit. He knows how to seal the deal now, which is huge. So winner number four for the open, it's going to be Tony Finau at 70 to one on Bovada. Uh, moving into the sleeper here, it's going to be Robert McIntyre to top 20 at plus 260 on DraftKings. I told you Rob Mack probably doesn't rebound from a second place finish at the Scottish with the win, but there's no other sleeper I'd rather put in there this week than the grindy and gutty Robert McIntyre. What an outstanding open, open championship record he has, and I don't see any reason why that would change this week. So the sleeper is going to be Robert McIntyre at 20 to 1 at plus 260 on DraftKings. Let's go through this uh lineup, this six-man lineup uh for the open this week. Number one is going to be Cam Smith, the defending champion who I have to top 10 this week. Number two is going to be Tyrrell Hatton, one of our winners for the week, who statistically is just in a phenomenal position going into this week. Number three is going to be Ricky Fowler, who I discussed in the matchups. Number four is Patrick Reed, who you know I think really may piss some people off this week with, with a great performance. You know that that would get under the skin of most, 
not us. We love P. Reed this week. Number five will be our guy, Robert McIntyre. And number six will be Ewan Ferguson, a guy who you've never heard of, but we will discuss in the best bet. So let's run through this lineup one more time. Number one, Cam Smith. Number two, Terrell Hatton. Number three, Ricky Fowler. Number four, Patrick Reed. Number five, Robert McIntyre. And number six, Ewan Ferguson. On to the scoring prediction for this week. I think 18 under will be the winning score this week because regardless of weather, Royal Liverpool will play the softest it ever has in its long history. The softest of the conditions will allow for more optimal scoring. So 18 under will be the winning will be the winning number uh, for the Open this week. And by the way, uh, I don't think I've ever been as far off on the winning score as last week. I said four under was going to win, and 15 under ended up winning uh, ended up being the winning score by Roy McIlroy. But you know, give me a break. I I had no clue that they would move tee times up at the first side of bad weather in Scotland. Had the final two rounds of the Scottish began at normal times, the players would have had to play through horrible conditions and scoring wouldn't have been near as low. But the bottom line is they moved tee times up last week because uh, you cannot afford a Monday finish the week before the Open Championship. Uh, you know, So getting a score wrong by that much, that can't happen. But I digress. 18 under is your winning number. Uh, as far as score is concerned this week. Moving into the first round leader, I've got Patrick Reed at 60 to one to be the first round leader. And listen, um, I, as I've told you, I love Patrick Reed to have a good week. Uh, but the bottom line is for first round leader, he's the sixth group off on Thursday morning. He will tee off at 7.30 in the morning, well before any of the weather uh, arrives off the coast of the Irish Sea and into Hoylake on Thursday. So, my first round leader is going to be Patrick Reed at 60 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, let's get to the best bets. I have one for the Open Championship and one for the Barracuda. Let's start with the Open. I'll have Ewan Ferguson over Thomas Dietrich at plus 106 on Bet Online. And Ewan Ferguson is a Scott that has had a ton of success in the DP World Tour this season, especially over his last 10 events. You look at the way Ferguson is rolling into Hoylake. He finished fourth at the British Masters and then 12th last week at the Scottish Open. I think Ferguson shocks a ton of people in his major championship debut this week at the Open. And in this matchup, he'll be taking down Thomas Dietrich, who has not finished better than 42nd over his last four starts. And on top of that, Thomas Dietrich has never finished better than 34th in an open championship. So my best bet for the open will be Ewan Ferguson over Thomas Dietrich at plus one Oh six on bet online. And then for the Barracuda, the Barracuda best bet, which is going on out in Lake Tahoe this week, the alternate field event for the open championship. It's going to be Mark Hubbard over Vincent Norman at minus one Oh three on bet online. Now I understand that Vincent Norman won the Barbasol championship last week, which is his first PGA tour win but he is still nowhere near the player that Mark Hubbard is. There is not a, a world in this universe where Mark Hubbard should ever be a dog against Vincent Norman in a matchup. And the fact is Mark Hubbard has had a respectable last month on tour with two top tens in his last four starts. And he is a veteran who will take full advantage of a tournament with a field that looks like it belongs on the corn Ferry tour. You know, I think Vincent Norman will have a post 
win hangover and get beat out by a trusty veteran this week in Mark Hubbard. So my Barracuda best bet will be Mark Hubbard over Vincent Norman at minus 103 on Bet Online, And that will do it for the Open Championship preview here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm Will Doctor. You can follow me on Twitter at DRMedia59 for any questions. And we'll talk next week ahead of the 3M Open in Minnesota.